This is episode 404, which, you know, comes after 400 by a few. And all week long, like since last week, I knew it was coming. And so I had on my agenda to like look into the history of 404 as like the web error code, you know, when like a site doesn't load and, and thinking, not found. yeah, yeah. Thinking there'd be like some like cool history to it of like, why is it 404? And I'd come here and explain to you like all the clever stuff about it. And really it's just completely unsatisfying. It's, you know, it's very simple. It's, it's, it's not even, I mean, go look it up, but uh, there's like a myth about it that, you know, during like the CERN days that there was a room in the center of the building called 404 and, but it doesn't exist. Um, it's, it's just like, you know, if we're going to, as we're making the internet in the nineties, like this just became what it is. So that's lame. It is the area code though for Atlanta, Georgia, which which I I, I knew but but had forgotten. Do you so. do you know what the error code four one eight is? Four one eight. HTTP four one eight. No, no. It is. So you know four oh four is far not found. Four one eight is I'm a teapot. Oh, oh, I'm a teapot. It what indicates that, that the server refuses to brew coffee because it is permanently a teapot. Ah, oh. it's just some random thing that they made <laughs> in like the nineteenth. 90s and was never lost no. i got you cool yeah. yeah yeah uh so yeah <laughs> there's some <laughs> I, there's some weird things in the early days of the internet you know and some yeah. of them have managed to survive through to 2022 yeah. what i will say is that when i checked off uh research the history of 404 on my task list i was not happy it was just like <laughs> i thought i'd know so much more um Anyway, uh, I have in the notes the next the next item is uh, iPhone 14 focal point is 404 not found because um, this this is a brief story I'll tell you I lost my wallet a week ago it was stolen with my driver's license and debit card and insurance card and cash in it which was really unfortunate I liked the wallet it was a good wallet um, and so I had to go through the process of like getting a new driver's license and all of that and a new debit card and saying goodbye to that amount of cash I had um, but. I, I in, in getting a new driver's license, I learned that the state where I live has digital ID that once you get your physical ID, you can digitize it with your iPhone and then present it as your ID in like all kinds of official capacities, not just the TSA, but like all kinds of official capacities. And um, it, it's not to the level yet where you can do it in the wallet app. Like a few so, so it's not can. like the new feature. It's not like the iOS 15 feature yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's an iPhone app. But it's not the 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 wallet app yet. Um, but I believe, I mean, they've got since they've got the infrastructure. I imagine it's just a matter of time before they get to implementing that feature. So that's pretty exciting on its own. Um, but what I had found with the iPhone 14 Pro is, you know, it's been well documented already that the because of the um, the, the the minimum the minimal focal point changing to where you've got to be further away to focus on something with the main One X camera. It jumps to the half X camera and does like macro mode way more frequently than it did before um, because it's a thing. You know, we're, we're all getting annoyed by it and used to having to like turn off the yellow button for turn off uh, uh, the, the 
macro mode. But what I found was that in this application that I needed to digitize my driver's license, like it, it was pretty simple. You just take, you, you open the app, you open up the, the, like the viewfinder for like focusing on your license and digitizing it that way. Um, but they want you to like very precisely fill in this rectangle with the dimensions of your ID so that, you know, it's like mostly large, but not too zoomed in. And, um, what I found was I could get about like 75% filled in with focus. And if I did a hundred percent fill, like it needed, it could not focus because the focal point had changed on the iPhone 14 pro, um, to where you had to be further away to actually have it not just be a big blur. And so I could not use the app in that way to digitize my wallet. And what I ended up having to do was, um, I took a picture of my ID front and back and then opened it on the Mac and then faked it like I I used the app and then used a big zoomed up picture in the Mac at a distance then to trick it. And then it, that worked, um, <laughs> which seems like an awfully terrible workaround. Um, and it's it's because, you know, like a- Apple's built in app can can address this with macro mode, but third party apps don't know to do that yet. Right. Yeah. Like for people that don't have an iPhone 14 Pro, it might not be. uh might not sound like a big deal, but the minimum focus distance on the main camera is really far away compared to every previous iPhone. It's like a good like eight inches. So you try and take a picture of anything in your desk, you're going to be in macro mode on the on the on the uh, ultra wide lens, not on the main lens, unless you get really far out, like physically moving your moving your phone away from the desk. And the entire third party app ecosystem has just assumed because why wouldn't they that the main camera lens would be out of focus at reasonable distances? forevermore but you know uh, this iphone 14 pro comes around and it turns out that no but to get the 48 megapixel uh sensor they had to sacrifice on the minimum focal distance but for apple it wasn't a problem because they just switched to the ultra wide lens as you get closer and it mostly works fine and if you're taking pictures of like your friends or any or like landscapes you don't have an issue because the focal distance is further enough for it it's just for like taking stuff that's on a desk i'd say that you really notice is being annoying but then all the third party apps haven't updated to acknowledge the fact and none of them have like the built-in switch into the macro mode built in and as well as not being updated like they just haven't you know assigned an engineer to do it it's not the most trivial thing in the world to like detect whether the camera's out of focus or not and then switch to another camera and then switch back i mean it took apple what like two or three (laughs) versions last year (laughs) with the iphone 13 when they added macro in the first place to like add a toggle and make it work automatically and not happen too prematurely like it's it's more it's less trivial than it sounds and so i kind of think apple should add like a like a fallback automatic camera mode so that any existing app on the app store just sees like a virtual camera which does the switching to macro transparently for compatibility Um, and then if you want to like specifically opt into only using main camera then that would be the api because this does come up in a lot of places where you're just trying to scan something and it's like uh uh-uh, you're not gonna be able to do that anymore and are you complaining about it i've seen it people have tweeted at me complaining about this exact fact and the you know the apple camera app compensates and third-party apps don't so that definitely feels like apple could have done a bit more there to help the help the ecosystem along yeah i agree it feels like it's it's something that apple just changes on their on their end not having every separate app acknowledge it so yeah uh and then apple car daily uh 
cash, high yield savings. This this was news last week. I think we might have discussed it. We just didn't. No, we did. We, it came out after the show. I think came out after the show. Okay, yeah. so I was I was thinking maybe we just didn't know details about it because it was pretty vague. But I think we've we've also maybe learned more since then too. So what's what's that story? Yeah, the the funny thing about this is that uh, we don't know the rate. So <laughs> Apple announced a, a savings account integrated into the Apple Card system that allows users to like move their daily cash or you can just contribute money like a normal savings account and they will give you interest on it. They call it a high yield savings account, but they don't actually mention an interest rate in this entire document. That's somewhat understandable because interest rates are all over the place at the moment. They change like on a you know monthly basis, it feels like. So by the time this feature like comes out, the rate might be different to what they promised. Uh, they haven't promised exactly when this feature is shipping, but I think it might be in 16.1. It's at least mentioned in the notes, but it might be a bait. I don't know. The, the the press release that came out the week before didn't mention a specific OS version, but based on the release calendar, it seems to be arriving in 16.1. And it's powered by Goldman Sachs, obviously, because they offer the Apple Card. And Goldman Sachs have a very similar high-interest, quote-unquote, savings account that they offer called Marcus, which is digital-only, and that gives a savings rate of about 2.15%. So you'll probably get the same percentage points with the Apple Card system. It seems a bit like a white labeling of that service. Obviously, it's an expansion of Apple's financial ambitions to make more money through financial services. I would say that the Apple Card, when they released that in 2019, it did a lot of things that were quite different or quite unique. And this this new savings account thing does not feel unique at all. It's literally just like, here's a separate place where you can put money and it will grow a bit of interest over time. Well, but like you have to specifically opt in to do it. So the so now you have your Apple Card account, you have an Apple Cash account, and you have a separate savings account. Like, if I was being all Apple about it and like trying to simplify the financial system, I don't really see why you need three accounts. Like, you only need two. So the the distinction between like the savings account and Apple Cash account, I don't think should really exist. And basically, like automatically, your Apple Cash should just accrue the interest if it was working, you know, purely on the side of the consumer. But I guess that they capitalize on the fact that people forget to move it around or whatever, so it doesn't. There must be some stupid reason like that where they can't just make it as simple as possible because it does feel a bit redundant now that you have three separate accounts for this thing. But yeah. that's and, like, and like any other said, banking system. Yeah, and like you said, that Goldman Sachs is is you know they're just using Goldman Sachs feature for this. Um, not not part of the what was it called Project Breakbox where they do more of their <laughs> yeah. in house stuff. So even though it's come after that, Breakout I think it was called. Yeah, Break Breakbox Breakout whatever. Breakout. <laughs> yeah, that I think that's that um, project is like in development and not quite ready for prime yeah. time i believe one of the first things that's coming out of that project is the buy now pay later feature which was meant which to ship as part of ios 16 but that has also mm-hmm. been delayed to a later release so coming later yeah we're still waiting for that but this is coming out either 6.1 or 16.2 depending on i think the back end uh basically if you've got an apple card it's a nice little bonus you if you accrue daily cash now you can get a bit of interest on it but it's not like something crazy revolutionary it's just a small expansion of apple into f- more financial services yeah, I would characterize it as as when Apple Card came out in 2019 that they they did a lot of things different at the start, and then but they also had a lot of missing just you know standard credit card and account features. And they've over like what they focus on is not like doing even more of those. They focus on making it catch up with everything else that it competes with. Yeah, that's plus fair. the launch features it has. Yeah, they launched with some like clever ideas, and now they're just filling out every other part of being a boring banking service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Firstly this week, Happy Hour is sponsored by Jamf. Jamf is the only company in the world that provides complete end-to-end management and security solutions for Apple, 
in the workplace. Jamf's purpose is to simplify work with an offering that is enterprise secure, consumer simple, and of course, protecting personal privacy. You can use Jamf for your organization to set up zero touch deployment for your Apple devices and manage their entire lifetime with your employees. Jamf believes that an organization should not be limited in their ability to deploy the latest Apple technology based on what their vendors can support. And by being dedicated to Apple-specific solutions, they have an unrivaled platform-wide offering and promise same-day support for new Apple software releases. For instance, when iOS 16 came out in September, Jamf was ready, and it will be again when macOS Ventura arrives next week. Today, more than 62,000 organizations trust Jamf to manage and secure more than 27 million devices worldwide. Learn more about the solutions and products that Jamf provides at jamf.com slash 9to5mac. Once again, that's jamf.com slash 9to5mac. Thanks to Jamf for sponsoring the show. All right, we, we had a big, uh, bigger Apple event this week. I mean, in all ways except video. Uh, and the first thing announced was the Apple headset. We... we no, no more about that now <laughs> <laughs> what's what's that <laughs> yeah the, the apple headset came out via a little press release <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not event worthy that would be pretty hilarious <laughs> no this was from the information who's done a lot of coverage on the headset throughout its development and obviously this project has been going on for years and years and years and we believe is very close to being publicly unveiled uh this is the two thousand three thousand dollar super premium headset with you know 4k displays in both eyes and an external display which is going to show your eyes to people outside so they can see your facial expressions when you're wearing the headset which is a very weird feature but Mm. you know runs on the m some variant of the m2 chip lots of complexity lots of expense very high margin very low margin sorry very high priced product you know high building materials um so it's going to be a niche thing that comes at the door it's going to be like a tech showcase for what apple can do in the realm of augmented and mixed reality and virtual reality kind of thing i don't think it's gonna be mass consumer but they're definitely you know bringing this out to start on that trajectory of getting some highly consumer uh, product in the market and one of the features of this kind of like first you know tech demo kind of product is apparently going to be iris scanning so one of the information's reports uh this week said that the new headset will feature an iris scanning system that will use biometrics on the user's eyes to work out who they are to authenticate payments and to switch users so hilariously this headset is going to support multiple users something the ipad still doesn't really do but similar to touch id on the laptops you know how you can do quick user switching with touch id so if you've got multiple people logged into a laptop they can just put their finger down on the touch id button and it switches user it sounds like that exact same system is going to come to the headset but rather than needing like full face id or touch id for fingerprint biometrics is going to work by scanning your iris looking at the patterns in your eyes working out who you are switching users and apparently be biometric secure enough to also act as the authentication for in-app payments so that's pretty cool and this is going to rely on the same sensors that drive the foveated rendering uh can you remember what foveated rendering is that because we did talk about it before but it was a while ago 404 404 <laughs> basically foveated rendering is a like a performance optimization where the headset will track where you're looking on the screens and then basically increase the detail and resolution where you're looking and reduce the resolution in the you know periphery vision. So basically the bits you're not looking at are low res, but because you're not looking there, you don't really notice, or at least that's the idea. And so it means you can offer, uh, like you can dedicate your graphics performance to where the user is actually looking at any point in time. And basically those sensors require that people to track their eyes like, 
you know, 60 times a second, 120 times a second, but they can also be used to do iris scanning. So Apple's kind of doubling up. They, they, they probably primarily include these sensors for the foveated rendering stuff, and the iris scanning is like a nice little bonus they can offer too. So we'll see. Uh, the latest rumors depict that this headset will be like unveiled in like a spring event, it seems like, and maybe come out, you know, the middle of 2023. Uh, so I'm interested to see it, but as we've spoken about this show many times at this point, not sure it's going to be selling like gangbusters with a, a three grand price point out of the gate. Yeah, I, I think fall 2022 rumor for spring 2023 release means summer 2023, which means WWDC. Okay. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's my prediction. They, they um, might do, they, they might do like a, because generally when Apple does the first thing in a in a product lineup sure. they like announce it way earlier right so yeah it could be like a january announcement and then ships in june or it's a uh, announced in wwc in june and then doesn't ship till the end of the year of 2023 yeah. i mean that's possible yeah. too again this right. isn't like a high volume product that's apple's waiting on to bring in you know billions of dollars in revenue off millions of sales it's going to be very very low volume the 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 goal to get to like a thin and light pair of glasses that people can put on and do augmented reality you know that's obviously the consumer product but that's also still more in the realm of science fiction because of battery life and performance drawbacks and 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 issues so this is what they can come out with a headset that will be more expensive than the MetaQuest pro that came out last week but using similar like pass-through display technology but hopefully be better in every single way. And then they'll use that to kind of act as a trampoline for their entire AR VR division. Yeah. You know, the like Samsung had the whole round of VR maybe like six or seven years ago where the Galaxy headsets were like, it was like the thing that year. And that just, I mean, I don't know if people use those or not, but I guess they required Samsung phones. And uh, it just seemed like that was like a thing for a short period. And then whatever's changed between then and now, I mean, I guess if it was just Facebook slash Meta doing this stuff, I would say it's probably just that, but Facebook doing it now. But I, I guess there's a lot of weight behind it just in, in, from my perspective with Apple thinking that they that, that, that this is an area they need to play in as well. Um, but it feels like Samsung, like I was thinking about, uh, it doesn't sound like Apple's super late to this. <laughs> it seems like Samsung did it maybe prematurely or just ineffectively. Um, you know, Meta buying Oculus was like their shortcut to this stuff, and then Apple's got its thing happening. Oh, there's there's also another angle on this, which was um reaction to privacy concerns of your iris being scanned, and if that is a level of security that we trust Apple with, or any tech company for that matter, or any connected device. Um, and I I, I guess for me it's like. If you trust your fingerprint with your phone and then your like face, your face. Yeah. facial structure, like Iris, I don't know, like maybe it seems, it's like face is like maybe riskier than Iris itself. Could be wrong about that, but um, I think they're about the same. And obviously, yeah, it'll only be st- like the actual image of your eyes will only be stored on device in some mathematical representation it'll be on the secure enclave it won't leave your device blah 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 blah. so if you can accept that just like you accept it with touch it in face today i don't see why you should get particularly up in arms over iris yeah. id or whatever they end up calling it right all right yep all right well that's that's the headset news this week i mean i'm looking forward to them announcing the headset and see what it is but i'm not like bullish on it being a mass success at that kind of price level yeah and also the comparison too i, I think 
that we could we could have is that w- with the Apple Watch, you know, they did the big September preview before the um, March second preview and the April release um, for for that, and there was a lot of pressure on Tim Cook at the time to like prove that you know that he's on Wall Street specifically that he was capable of being the next Apple CEO. He had a lot of weight on his shoulders for that. And I think this time with, with this product, there is not that at all. You, you just don't have those stories about, you know, in, in, uh, activist investors, you know, cranky about what Tim Cook's doing with the stock price and Apple's performance. And Yeah, the services are still providing that growth. They're not like yeah. begging for another product category at the right. moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. More interesting this week for me, I guess, <laughs> or, or at least more immediate is uh, Tim Cook had a tweet on, was it Tuesday morning? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it had a, a hash flag on Twitter where it's a hashtag with an image attached to it, like an Apple event proper. And it was take note. And there was like a preview video attached to it that was sort of animated drawing sketched out on sort of what you would describe as the free format for iPad. And it's like, okay, there's going to be... Yeah, it was like iPad. zooming into an infinite canvas kind of thing. Yeah. Drawing little so, pictures and stuff. So from that, you take, okay, iPad stuff's happening this, you know, shortly. Uh, Mark Gurman had had the report on Sunday or actually Saturday that iPad was happening in a matter of days. And then I think the day before on, on Monday evening, he was like, by the way, if you're un- if it's unclear, I mean, like, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and And... and but then there was a Tim Cook tweet, and then there was like maybe what another hour, or two hours. The store went down, so it was clear that some new product was happening. It wasn't just a vague tweet. Uh, but but then they did the, I guess the first press release. Um, what 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 came first out of all that? Was it Apple, Apple, Apple TV was first. I think the Apple TV was first. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe the I don't know which which iPad came next, but we'll talk about those things now. Um, I, I have a, my view on this is that this is kind of the Apple TV event and that iPads are just screens for watching video. Um, and I even heard on, on ATP last night, John Sikius had said, I watch a tremendous amount of TV on my iPad. And that, that just made me feel even more secure in my argument that this was the Apple TV event. So, so take that. I mean, they, they definitely could have done an event out of this stuff if they wanted to they could have done like an hour hour and a half video event if they if they wanted to i mean they did like a 15 minute video on youtube right for the ipad stuff yeah Uh, they could have fleshed it out if if they really wanted to but most of the updates are quite minor so i can see why they didn't like but apple's done events for minor stuff before it's just how they're feeling in the moment Mm -hmm. Uh, but let's start with the m2 ipad pro which despite being the most expensive probably has the least amount new (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting more for what it doesn't have or didn't do than what it did do and does have. You, I mean, you, you get the M2 chip, which you've seen debut in the MacBook Air and 13 is MacBook Pro. Um, and pretty much you, you get the same, I mean, video-specific benefits there, I'd say. Yeah, so the compared to the M1, you get 15% faster CPU, 35% faster GPU, and you get a faster video and encode and decode when using like the Apple supported formats. Uh, so uh, there you go. Like if you're on an iPad, I don't think the 15% faster CPU is really going to be that noticeable. Like if you're if you are one of the few people doing like heavy video editing work on an iPad, then every bit of performance helps. But if you bought last year's iPad, if you bought the year before last year's iPad, you know I don't think there's anything here that's really like salivating in terms of appeal like you get the m2 chip which gives you a bit of extra performance 
You get Wi-Fi 6E, which supports the latest Wi-Fi bands. Okay, cool. Compared to uh, Wi-Fi 6, right? Compared yeah. to Wi-Fi 6, yeah. But you get more 5G bands, so if you're international, you've got a better chance of getting faster 5G speeds if you have the cellular model. You, you lose re- GSM and Edge. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, they're, they're dying off significantly. Yes, like, yes. LTE and 5G will be fine. Um, if you do shoot video on the iPad, you can shoot ProRes now. Uh, yeah, Apple yeah. had a funny advert where they had like a... A, a presumably like a, a director holding up an ipad in like this like stabilization dock thing supposedly shooting a movie on the ipad's internal camera in prores i guess which is like a hilarious thing that and it's I, got the same limitation as the iphone does with prores where it's based on storage size whether it can be hd or 4k right mm-hmm, it's like 128 mm-hmm. is hd prores and then 256 and higher is is 4k yeah because i mean 4k prores just takes up so much space so yeah my, if, my, if my, you had the base model you're not going to film very much prores even if you're allowed to yeah my take on the ipad pro having uh, prores now is it's great for whenever you're shooting your kids like play at school and your iphone died and you still want to get like that 4k prores stuff so you hold the ipad up in the air in front of everybody it's gonna be great and just to be wonderful. annoying yeah yeah <laughs> i mean he you don't shoot prores right on your iphone no 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 no, 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 no. nobody does no the people that I, want to shoot ProRes have proper cameras. Like that's always the issue with this. Is like it's so niche when you're like, I love the best video quality, but I've only got an iPhone. You know, like it's yeah, a I very small you, segment of the market. You do it for the novelty of this was made with iPhone. Yeah, and that's its own like promotional. Like it's good for like Instagram and stuff, I guess. But anyone <laughs> who actually cares about shooting ProRes video will have an actual camera. That's why the 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 the, the ad they have with the director like filming like a cinema level movie with an ipad camera is just ridiculous because like that's never gonna happen it's great for aspiring filmmakers and students fair it makes it more accessible it does Uh, i mean like like, there is some value in it but it's not like like the i feel like the most of the value comes from the fact you can just capture video on the ipad not the prores part because sure it's like a very like as soon as you need prores you need high quality lenses really to like make a difference yeah, uh, it's a bit like lossless go- music and speakers. You know, you need yeah. better speakers. So. Yeah, Bluetooth went from five to five point three, I believe. Oh, whoopee do! Yeah, that's, that's really game changing. Cool. That is, it is. That's game changing. Uh, the the most interesting good. feature is this Apple Pencil thing, right? The yeah, the but Apple you're, Pencil you're, hover. You're overlooking Smart HDR three going to Smart HDR four. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, when okay, I'm taking those photos on the iPad as well. Now you can talk about it. Hover. Yeah, okay. Apple Pencil hover. So. This works by, it doesn't need a new Apple Pencil. It's using the same second generation Apple Pencil. And you just kind of like hold it within about a centimeter of the screen surface, but not actually touching the screen. And the iPad can sense, I guess it uses like the capacity of electrons in the air to know roughly where the the pencil is and basically project that onto the screen. So you can get a preview of what you're going to do before you do it. So they use an example of if you're in a drawing app, you can see how big your brush is going to be. You can see what color it's going to be. You can see where you're going to actually start drawing without actually having to commit to a brush stroke by actually connecting with the with the screen. Pretty nice feature. They also have like, if you hold it over um, a color palette in the Notes app, if you've already got a color selected, it will preview the blend of the two colors um, without you actually having to commit to changing the color. Nice little feature. You can't feature. do that in real life. Like it, it doesn't work in real life. So this is an advantage about that. <laughs> And if you have like text boxes that support the scribble feature and the scribble feature is that thing where you can like write with your pencil, like handwriting into a text box and it converts it into text and like with OCR, if you're doing, if you're using the Apple pencil hovering feature, you'll now actually know which text boxes support scribble because they will like 
enlarge and get bigger before your um, stylus actually reaches the screen. So basically giving you a bigger area to write with. So nice little improvements for sure. Um, what's interesting about this is that in iOS 16, there's a feature called hover text, an accessibility feature. And what this does, if you have an existing iPad with an Apple Pencil and you hover your pencil over an element on the screen, just like this new M2 exclusive feature, it will tell you the text label. It will give you a description of what's directly under your finger. So I guess if you've got um, a vision impairment, you can know what you're about to click on before you click on it. And that feature is available to anybody on existing iPads that support the second generation Apple Pencil. So the question is, is this new hovering Apple Pencil feature actually a hardware feature or is it just like a software thing? Software. Um, mostly, I think. There's probably mostly. maybe a there's probably a very sm- slight hardware difference because I think the hover text feature is not as responsive as what they show in this demo of the M2 iPad Pro. Less, less and I think precise. you have to hold it closer to the screen. So like they say up to 12 millimeters for the M2 thing, whereas I think the hover text on current things, you have to be like really close to the screen for it to work. But the premise is the same. But uh, there's probably a very slight hardware change they made to make this possible. We'll, um, we'll see when with, with the iFix the teardown. Yeah, we'll see when the teardown comes out. It could be completely identical. Uh, but either way, Apple's done stuff like this before where they release software only feature for certain hardware. That doesn't... No, I wish they wouldn't, but they've done it for years and years and years, so I'm not going to, like, crucify them for it. And I think it's a pretty cool feature. I'd love if the iPhone had this kind of thing as well. Like, if you brought your finger closer to the screen, it would, like, enlarge the UI elements without you actually having to commit to touching. It's kind of like 3D touch, but inverted, right? Um, But right now, it's only with the Apple Pencil on the new iPad Pro. And one nice little thing they have done is that when I saw this uh, demoed in the press release, I was like, how much developer adoption is this really going to get? Because it's quite a niche thing. Uh, but it seems like they've um, reused a lot of the gesture recognizers that already exist for supporting like hovering on a Mac. So you, with Mac Catalyst, obviously the trackpad can hover over an element, right? And so now they've kind of extended that to also detect the Apple Pencil hovering. So it should be far less work. You don't have to do a completely separate code path to support this on the iPad as a developer. I read um, that, so that tweet. Fingers thread. crossed. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see... I got saw a lot of mentions on Twitter on 9 to 5 Max Twitter account that uh, Samsung did this ages ago and Apple is so late to it. Yeah, I'm, but... I'm pretty sure the first like Galaxy Note did it like eight years ago. Yeah. Okay. Cool. This it's is not, one it's of not like revolutionary in terms yeah, of town. I mean, for for me, like iPad usage is not even like on my radar. And a hovering Apple Pencil is not the thing tipping the balance there. Well, even the Apple Pencil at all. Like when when I when I did use an iPad a lot more. The pencil was not a big aspect of that. Like it's, you know, not. and and then and then to to, to drill down even further, the hover feature of the pencil. Yeah, like you know, like if, if I think about what would be kind of a game changer in terms of like Apple pencil usage, it's it's getting, you know, maybe something with haptic feedback to to, to simulate the friction that you get when when working with physical tools. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, yeah, and th- th- I mean, this is a perfectly fine. Um, you know, use of use of the technology. Like, I mean, I jokingly said that you can't do this in real life with act, with actual you know pens and paint and stuff. But, um, but you know, technology should take advantage of things that you can't actually do in in you know with physical objects. So, it's leaning further into that. I, I yeah, think I mean, I, it's nice that they've done it, but it's not like a a, a game changer of the should you buy an iPad equation. It, it is the biggest change on the iPad Pro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the um. All the accessories are unchanged, which we'll talk about 
in a minute because it yeah. becomes even more relevant. But also all the storage configuration is the same, all the colors are the same, and all the pricing is the same. It's still seven ninety nine for the eleven inch and nine ninety nine, sorry, and ten ninety nine for the twelve point nine inch. Yeah, um, display technology is the same. Yes, so Annoyingly. obviously with the last year's model, they brought the mini LED display to the twelve point nine. A lot of people wanted, were expecting that with the next year's revision, they would bring that same screen technology to the eleven inch, but they have not. So. What has it been eight, about eighteen months? About eighteen months, yeah, yeah, because it was spring last year. Now it's fall. Um, I'm never going to complain about them doing updates that aren't huge because I'd rather yeah. they do updates than none at all because you don't have to buy in any particular time frame. But if it's your time to get a new Apple Pro, if you're in the market for it, it's a lot better to buy one now that there's a nice new model coming out rather than having an issue where you have like multi-year gaps in product lineups, which was yeah. a thing for Apple for a while, especially with the Macs. Um, but for iPads, they've consistently given an update about every two years. This, and this I wish they'd more... do bigger. Like there were rumors yeah. of like the MagSafe wireless charging stuff, and obviously stage manager is a complete mess. <laughs> it doesn't change this. Like maybe it performs better, but it doesn't change the number of apps you can work with. The right, RAM yeah. There's no special. Is... There's no special additional functionality given by M2 for stage manager or anything. Even and it was quite funny display. in that little video yeah. they showed off the external display support, which obviously mm-hmm. isn't even shipping yet yeah. because they delayed it. Yeah, and even though you get the M2 performance boost. The, the RAM options, which they do show for uh, for iPad Pro, which is based on storage tiers, right? It's mm-hmm. 8 or 16 based on which storage tier you get. And that's identical. That's the same as last year as well. Same right? as last year as well, which that's what would, I think, affect stage manager and multitasking more. That's what would have enabled, like, and it, maybe it's kind of weird that you can, 8 and 16 don't have different amounts of apps on screen, even if you're using an external display where you've got much more screen real estate. So, um, yeah, it's... And then something else has been mentioned a lot this week since since the, the these product announcements is that if you have especially the the, the eleven inch the two thousand eighteen model especially, and especially since they they brought stage manager to that model um, then that iPad Pro is you know if you haven't updated then you're you're doing pretty good still with the two thousand eighteen model in two thousand twenty two going into twenty three um, you know I think the display change on the twelve point nine inch makes that a little bit unfair of a comparison but if you have the eleven inch I think it's pretty pretty similar um, and and also I, I'm thinking in my mind about this being you know how do you can compare was it a twelve in the two thousand eighteen and then a twelve x yeah it would have been yeah a twelve x and then you went to a twelve z for the 2020 model which was identical later. from one extra gpu core i believe right yeah. and lidar on the camera was the the big change there yeah because everybody uses lidar yeah yeah that was a bigger gap in time and and i think a smaller change the big the big um, revision in the 2021 was that they added the magic keyboard for the first time with the yeah, the, the optional accessory was the the thing and, and then the software trackpad support uh now some put support in general um but I, I I think that M1 to M2, the change with the, I mean, it's, it is, it, I think it is as minor as, as 12X to 12Z. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's actually, it's, it's, it's less minor in terms of raw specs, but in terms of, you know, practical usage, it's about the same. Yeah. Right. And I, and you know what? Hover pencil probably is more, I don't know, I say, hover pencil is definitely more practical of a use in day to day for iPad Pro users than, than LiDAR. Oh, 100%. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%,
Yeah, and this degree of update is what I expect to see for the laptops for the MacBook Pros. Like the the 14-inch and 16-inch, they got their mm-hmm. big update last year, right? Like yeah. the M2 versions are just going to be 10 to 15% faster, you know? I don't, yeah. I'm not expecting anything crazy. And a point you were making prior to this recording is that uh, on its own, this year-over-year iPad update for the iPad Pro, perfectly fine. Nothing mm-hmm. to complain about yet. I mean, I think you can be disappointed that you didn't get a micro LED on the 11-inch. But you've also got the rumor of moving to OLED on both models. Yeah, it like sounds like the next revision to the iPad Pro lineup yeah. in another 18 months or two years, yeah. they'll be moving both displays to OLED panels. Yeah, so if that's a big fact for you, then, you know, wait. Um, Which but... is kind of weird that they bothered with Mini-LED any, at all, you know. But I think I think they mostly did it for, like, the MacBook Pros and the external displays on the, the Pro displays on the Mac. and They could fit in an iPad, so they did. But, yeah, in isolation... Pretty this good. is a fine update. Yeah. yeah. But keep that you, in mind. <laughs> you know what I was disappointed about not seeing? Not seeing a midnight color option for the Pro, because that seems like that'd be a maybe like the most exciting thing. Yeah. They didn't and, change the colors at all. Yeah. And and it kind of, I mean, I, I feel like I can take away from that, that they're using midnight as an air color, um, and they're, and, and which might mean they're not going to use it for the MacBook Pro. That they see silver mm. and space gray is like, that's what they do. And they don't do midnight for for new and that's higher true emissions. yeah that's true yeah so you might not be so so tempted you know or disappointed <laughs> as you could have been but regarding new colors hold that thought happy hour this week is also brought to you by a ladder if you're like me you have a certain tendency to put things off until the very last minute dentist opticians appointment that kind of stuff and you know, it's usually fine, but you shouldn't mess around and wait when it comes to life insurance. Get term coverage life insurance through Ladder today. You know, I've started wearing glasses this year and it kind of hit me that I'm getting older and stuff like life insurance somehow feels immediately more relevant. Life insurance gives you peace of mind to know that your family will be taken care of if the worst happens. Ladder is a 100% digital service when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less. That means no doctors, no needles and no paperwork. It's all done online. You just need a phone or laptop to apply. You fill out Ladder's application form and their smart algorithms will work in real time and tell you instantly if you're approved. Ladder has no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. Get a full refund if you cancel within the first 30 days. And Ladder's policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and Ladder even made Forbes best life insurance list of 2021. If you've been thinking about getting life insurance, Ladder is the place to do it. If you aren't sure, but you just want some more information, go on Ladder's website, fill out their online calculator, and you can see the cost and terms of the plan with no commitment. And as the cost of life insurance goes up as you age, now is the time to act and get it done. So go to ladderlife.com slash happy hour today to see if you're instantly approved. That's ladderlife, L-A-D-D-E-R-L-I-F-E dot com slash happy hour. One more time, ladderlife.com slash happy hour. Uh, next up is the iPad 10. And before we jump into that, I kind of want to talk about the naming scheme here. Mm-hmm. So iPad, you know, there's iPad, the original, there's iPad 2, and then iPad 3 and 4 didn't have numbers attached to them. It was um, iPad with retina display and the new iPad with retina display. Essentially, those were the product names, but it was, you know, third and fourth generation. And then by iPad, by, by the fifth version of a new iPad, it was so much smaller and thinner. Well, it was so much thinner <laughs> and it had slimmed down bezels. It was like a big iPad mini. And so they called it iPad Air. And that was essentially the new full-size iPad for that year. Got revised the next year. A little bit little bit thinner, I think, the next year. Um, 
And by then, after that, I'll lose track. But at some point, iPad 1 through 4 was the iPad. You know, $500 is what got you that. And then recently, and I don't know how we got to 10 so soon, but I guess 5 through 9 were positioned as like the the budget iPad compared to iPad Pro. Yeah, that's when they brought the price down to the 329 price, yeah. Right. And, and they had iPad Air as a brand um for for more than the current like all screen design that we've had two generations of, they also used it for the 10. Point, was it 5 or 10.2? Mm-hmm. It was it was like last year's iPad Pro one year and now it was an iPad Air the next year. Um so so that's how they got to that. Um but but for iPad 10th generation it it kind it kind of bothers me that they keep the generational name, even though it is like iPad as just a name and generation. Before it really did mean like this is the iPad now, like the state of the art iPad, and then they branched off with Pro and Air, and and now iPad has like been like refactored to be the budget option. And and I guess this year is less budgety than it was before, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's refactored to be more expensive again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, with, with all that said, I think I, I, I do think that this is the most deserving of just like the name iPad and like new generation because you can look at the pro models and say, well, they've never been able to get the pro like pro hardware down to five hundred dollars, which was the standard iPad price for so long, um, even for the Air <laughs> one and two, uh, and and so. This feel this is the closest. I mean, it's almost five hundred dollars. It's four fifty, which is up from three thirty for the iPad ninth generation and eighth generation and seventh generation. So it's no longer like the entry level iPad with a bunch of old stuff in it. That's still actually pretty good. Um, and we and we should say the the three twenty nine one is still sold. Yeah, still sold. There's still an option. It'll so you have iPad in ninth generation, three twenty nine. iPad tenth generation is the new one they announced this week, which is starts at four four nine. Yeah. It was just just the beginning of confusion. Um, and this is a pretty interesting iPad. I mean, you know, we we had a report pretty early on from Felipe Esposito that was like, "This is going to have USB C," which the iPad Nine does not have. It has Lightning. Um, it said this is going to have flat sides and full screen, so you're not going to have the um, the tempered edges and the chin and forehead home button design. It's going to be like the 2018 and later iPad designs. Turned out to be true. <laughs> it's all pretty good. Um, they, they've interestingly they've moved the camera. This is the first time they've ever done this on an iPad. They moved the camera from the top portrait orientation to the top landscape orientation. They highlighted that in, in the product video. It's a thing. It's great. It's only on this model. So this is the first kind of sign of like what happened with you're not going to do this with the pros that are also updated at the same time, and. And I I wrote a thing about like just a bunch of weird choices Apple's making with the iPad lineup this year. All of what you know, like your point again is like in in a like on its own product, like, like totally product fine. by product. It's like this yeah. is all great, and then yeah. You're like, but, but why isn't that on this product, and why is that on that product, but not this one? And like yeah. the prices this- are uncomfortably <laughs> close again, comparing like yeah. the iPad 10th generation with the iPad Air. The the camera change though doesn't. Like I kind of, it doesn't seem like something brand new that Apple's never done. It does seem like they, they the weird part is that the the lower cost iPad here gets a better feature that that you'd actually want on the higher price iPad as well. Um, but they, so with the camera, mm-hmm. the iPad Pro has where that camera would go 
it has the magnetic attachment for the Apple Pencil second generation. Or for the smart... What is it called? What's the port? Magic keyboard? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that's called now. The is, is it Smart connector? Smart connector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the other edge. The that's two the edges other edge. Camera so there's an argument that it might not actually fit there. And it wouldn't make sense to have it on the side with the, the magic keyboard attachment, even if you did like two connectors on either side instead of one in the middle, because then your keyboard would be like that, that Dell computer or the, the mm. PC with the webcam on right above the keyboard. That being said, I feel like the clever people at Apple Incorporated could probably figure out a place to put the pencil that is out of the way of the camera or maybe put it on the back or something or some other design change that would make it happen. But I think what you can clearly see from an operational perspective is that the iPad Pro update this year was allocated as in like internal only. Right. And Which is not a new behavior for Apple. Like if there's, they look at any kind of change that's the same casing and internal only as like, we're not going to bother with that change this year. It's only when you go from kind of scratch. I mean, the iPad 10 is not a new from scratch design. It's like inspired by all the other iPads so far. It's like a worse iPad Air design, yeah. Yeah. But it's obviously a design change from the iPad 9 because like you said, it loses the home button. It goes to touch ID on the side, full screen display with the bezels, obviously. The pencil so that could was go an opportunity the for them to go a bit the, more crazy with it. Yeah, the pencil could go on the top side, which would be, become the left side where the camera would move from. That'd be yeah, and fun. the iPad design is not... Um, it's obviously inspired by the iPad Air, but it's not identical because they make some trade-offs to make it cheaper than the iPad Air. The screen bezels are thicker, for instance. The the, the display isn't laminated, etc., etc. Uh, so you, they obviously had to spend time engineering a new design, and they were like, well, now what we can do is we can put the camera in the right place. And for all of the marketing about the iPad Pro being like the big the big head of the pack, the top model, the, you know, the model everybody should buy is doing work serious in iPad, I think the reality is this iPad, the the one that's 329 and now 450, is the most popular one. So if they're right. actually benefiting customers, moving the camera on the small, on the base model one, actually has a bigger impact on end users than moving on the pro ones, if you, if you get my drift. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's also... Pr- I, I would be very surprised if the 2024 revision, that is a different screen type and everything, like, in, you know, 18 months from now, if that one also didn't, move the camera then i think that would be surprising and and it's less so that we've always just wanted widescreen video calls with the camera centered instead of like portrait video calls with the camera centered up top it's it's that they market and people actually do use these keyboard accessories that puts the ipad in landscape orientation and when you but do i that, will say the apple logo is still the wrong way around that is true yeah i noticed <laughs> that <laughs> the apple logo is still it's uh, upright as in portrait. If you have yeah. the iPad in the case, you, the logo is the wrong way around. But 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 you cover up the iPad when it's in the case. That is true. That's true. The back. Yeah. yeah. So, so the move camera thing, I, I think it's clever. That it's nice that they've done it on the base iPad, and I think we have to wait for the iPad Pro hardware design change, probably with the OLED ones, to get to see that move there. Yeah, and let's let's go ahead and talk about the pencil situation because you know you mentioned that the pencil. Um, attachment not being there on the ipad 10 Mm -hmm. is what probably warrants them doing the camera there without any other creative change and and this this is you know like the next big weird thing is that they've 
only did support for the first gen Apple Pencil from like 2015. <laughs> uh, it's still it's still Lightning, but the iPad has no Lightning port, and so you've got to you, you need to use this USB C ad- adapter. So like female, so it's like input. It's a port of Lightning, and it's an output. It's like input Lightning, output USB C, and that's what you use to adapt your Apple Pencil to initially pair at the very you, least. You're missing a cable because. Oh, the, sure. <laughs> the lightning apple pencil will not go it's the the adapter is female to female okay so you you have to put the 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 adapter in the ipad so the USB-C adapter goes in the USB-C yeah. port on the ipad then you have to get a USB-C cable to yeah, plug into the cable. adapter yeah and then cable. the the cable plugs into the lightning connect yeah so at, at minimum you need to do that to pair the apple pencil one which is the one with the cap and that charges by sticking into the ipad like you just charge it some other way. That's fine. But at least did the initial pairing, you have to have that work around. If you buy a pencil from today, you get the adapter in the box. So it's, you know, fine. Um, it's just, and, and all of that, like that's, that's weird and kind of annoying and like, you know, not very forward looking from Apple. Um, but it, it's, I guess it's less for me, it's less of that. And it's more of like, you're continuing to sell two versions of the Apple pencil. <laughs> one that isn't, it's like $30 cheaper. Yeah, and, and, and the, the pencil has not changed in price since it came out in 2015. The first gen pencil no, was like $109 and it's still $109. Yeah, US, I think it's like 100 versus 130 for pencil one to pencil two. Yeah, sorry, 109 it's, pounds. Yeah, yeah. $99 yeah. is what it came out at in 2015. It's still $99 yeah. today. And the fact that there's the Logitech crayon that did get updated for USB-C so <laughs> this week... Uh, that doesn't need to connect over a cable to pair. Like you can take the Logitech Crayon and they've got some kind of a sensor inside of all the recent iPads that it just, you connect it to any, like you, you draw on the screen and it just detects it. Mm-hmm. And it's meant like you can use one pencil for a class or more, one crayon for a classroom and draw on all the iPads. Um, that would have been like pretty, they just market that as a solution. Yeah, it, so, it, it, If Logitech couldn't go to the effort of redesigning the crayon to put a USB-C port in it, how hard mm-hmm. would it have been for Apple to make a new first gen pencil with a USB-C port on the end. Yeah. It's... I mean, I think it's stupid that we have to have two simultaneous pencils, but if that is the reality and you don't want to put a second gen pencil support on this iPad for whatever reason, and you don't... Like, I don't understand why it couldn't support the second gen pencil, but just not charge and connect magnetically to the side of it. Like, I guess because the, the second gen pencil doesn't have, a US, it doesn't have a USB-C port on it at all, does it? Because it's only wirelessly charged. Yeah, but you could couldn't you pair from one of like the non port side? You know, if you're looking at it left side, like maybe I, mean, maybe I know there's speakers now over there on on either landscape side, but it's not like four speakers. It's yeah, just it just feels side. like there should be a better equilibrium here than what they landed on, which is the same pencil from 2015 with another adapter in between. Yeah, right? I think I think this iPad 10 is like the the pencil aspect of it. Just ignore using a, a, an Apple pencil with it totally fine mm-hmm. but when, once you then you say i want the pencil then maybe you know if, if you want to use a, if you, <laughs> if you only have 450 dollars to buy an ipad but you want to use a pencil you should get the ninth gen because then the pencil just plugs in the bottom of the ipad <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, yeah I, I think i think ipad 10 just ignore pencil functionality altogether yeah um, like that you know especially if it's if you're like the type of pencil customer like i am where you're like i'm gonna buy one just to see if i use it and then you end up not using it uh don't you know just kind of be certain about that um and they and they but what they did do if because ignore the pencil accessory but the keyboard accessory 
is better now because they now have a new uh, keyboard folio for the iPad 10 and it has a function of keys on it as a row of function keys. Yeah, including escape. Including escape. Button for Siri. Yeah. Yeah, media controls, the works, with a nice little yeah, kickstand to keep controls. the iPad up. Yeah, it's two parts, this new thing. What does it cost, like 250 Like it's Yeah, it's I mean, not cheap. It's, yeah. it's like another iPad. <laughs> uh, but it's two parts, so you attach the keyboard to the non-webcam landscape side and that's that's it like that's you, the keyboard works you could you know lean against something but but it also comes with the the back accessory which is um like magnetically attaches to be like a back cover or you pull out like a portion of it and it becomes a really adjustable stand like kickstand style stand um where you've got like you know i haven't used one obviously i don't think anyone has because it wasn't an actual event but from my perspective now it seems like that's a the, the angles would be anywhere between like what could least prop it up to like as far back as you wanted it to go. Maybe, maybe there's some like gaps in between where it works best. I don't know, but it seems like that's pretty, like the viewing angles are pretty, pretty wide there compared to the magic keyboard where it's like, you've got like a range between a narrow set of degrees. The, the big difference being that the magic keyboard has a pretty sturdy base, isn't top heavy, where I think this one would remain top heavy and not be quite as lap friendly, but if it's on a table or something, then it's no different. But what have iPad Pro users been asking for for ages for an update to the Magic Keyboard accessory? With function keys, they didn't get any changes to the Magic Keyboard for the iPad Pro, but here's the iPad 10 with actually better features. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's kind of surprises me too because they they have done like case. Like I, think, I guess with smart keyboard where it's the foldable like the foldable cover has the keyboard embedded in it. I think they've revised that just to support different camera cutouts over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't think they revised the iPad or the Magic Keyboard for that reason because it was just you just had a bigger gap in the camera cutout. Maybe or maybe they did. And no, they did like, change the Magic Keyboard for the. It was just retro. Like if you use the new one on your old iPad, it would have a bigger gap um, it sounds right yeah so it was just so slight. They, it would both would fit but obviously it was yeah slightly awkward fit yeah so they haven't been against like revising the, the keyboard hardware not for keyboard reasons but for like camera cutout reasons you know size reasons um but but they have they didn't go through the effort in this case of of revising the the keyboard for to match the like and it's presumably for the next 18 months at least to, to match the functionality of the non pro keyboard yeah again weirdness yeah <laughs> yeah the 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 apple like like from apple keyboard for the ipad 10 it's pretty much i think it was called logitech base maybe but it was like a two-part keyboard system for the ipad 8 7 6 or so um and it's just like apple's version of that which means it's not as bulky and it's nicer and it's you know you know it's from apple um so in that case it's like they, they've just taken that and they've made it something that apple sells which i think is pretty pretty good um but and then i guess maybe like last thing on the ipad 10 uh it, what is it is it a14 mm-hmm. which is from the iphone 12 um and 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 that means it doesn't have stage manager but again totally fine for this this ipad and the colors are kind of cool yeah so this this silver Blue, blue, pink, yellow, and silver. Yeah, yeah, blue, pink, yellow, silver. The 
The pink, I think, is like very poppy. The yellow as well. The silver is silver. Nothing new there. Uh, and then the blue, I think, is super similar to the first iPad Air that was blue. The new iPad Air blue is like much richer. And this is more of that like muted blue. It's it's not it's like it's not like not like blue proper. It's like sky blue, but light, which is kind of looks like the iPhone 13 blue. No. No, no, I think no, it's dis- uh, if I, if the, I like this iPad update for sure. I do think the price jumping up by so much is a bit sad. Like a hundred and twenty dollars yeah, yeah. more is quite a lot. Yeah, you go from three thirty to four fifty. Although I will say, like when we saw the Felipe Esposito report of this is what the next base model iPad will be, uh, it, I mean, my immediate reaction was. There's no way that's going to be three hundred thirty dollars. Yeah, we and we even said that on the show. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, and so it wasn't. And so it, and, I was just hoping it'd be like I don't know four hundred rather than four fifty because <laughs> it's like another ten percent extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's if if you look at it in the in the in the view of iPads were five hundred to start out with, and this is very much like the iPad, and then you can pay more for the other ones for other features. Then this is this is. Not not bad, especially when you consider like prices just going up over the years. So four fifty instead of five hundred from the beginning. Uh, and I think this is like if you want an iPad and that's what you want is an iPad for like video watching and the things that we talk about that we we'd use iPads for. Totally fine, like four fifty. It's the price of you know it's like the price of a classic iPad would be before. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't bother with the two fifty keyboard accessory if you use a Mac. Don't bother with the pencil if you're not going to use a pencil and you don't like the situation there. And you got like a pretty good iPad and it's even got a good webcam placement on it, you know? So this is, you know, I, I guess for me, it's like, I'm not iPad interested in like purchasing one for personal use. But if I were like the, 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 the 329 iPad was not of interest. That's the one that I buy from, from like my son has that one. Um, the iPad nine, but, and I would never have like bought that and, like I, I think just like the data design on it would be enough for me to not be interested. But this one, I would be, I, I would not feel like I was using old tech with this one. You know, it's just just not interested in iPad. But uh, I think before I would look at the iPad Air for six hundred starting price, and then just that price alone is like, no, nah, I'm not interested. But for four fifty for something pretty similar of an experience, like is, didn't the screen size go from ten point two to ten point nine inches? So you mm-hmm. get a, a screen boost there for the base iPad as well. Yep. Um, yeah, so so on its own, this iPad pretty good. Ignore the pencil support, and you're you've it's really good. And the iPad really- Pro could learn a thing or two from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and it. both the iPad Pro and the iPad Ten go on are available from the twenty sixth, so next week. Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Check them out at betterhelp.com slash Mac Happy Hour. It can be difficult to train your brain to stay in a problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. I remember back in my final year of university, I got a bit overloaded with the stress of all the work. I'd sailed through high school exams and stuff, but for whatever reason, I got in a bind and felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And I ultimately didn't quit, but it was a rough period of time. A more problem-solving, exterior, analytical mindset definitely would have come in handy then. But just like going to the gym helps train your physique, you can train this mental muscle too. When you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. And a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. It sounds a bit silly, but 
Just having someone to talk to is the key to relieving so much stress and anxiety. Therapy is a great tool to discuss your lifestyle issues with a neutral party who is understanding and responsive. And therapists are particularly trained to help your mental well-being. They know how to listen and how to help best. Therapy sessions can unload stress, help with emotional healing and more. BetterHelp is custom online therapy that offers video, phone and live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Just do what you're comfortable with. It's more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist after filling out a simple, brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash maccappyhour to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash maccappyhour. Betterhelp.com slash maccappyhour. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. All right, before we get to Apple TV, I do want to run through iPad prices for the whole lineup just mm-hmm. for so it's interesting in 2030 when people listen to this. Um, 330, you get the budget iPad, good for kids, family, etc. 450, you get this new iPad we just talked about, the iPad 10. It's like if you want an iPad but don't want to pay $600 for it. Um, 500, you get the iPad mini. It's a small and good iPad. 600, you get the iPad Air. It's big and good. 800, you get the iPad Pro 11 inch. It's if you want the best iPad, but not too big. And then for 1100, you get the iPad Pro that is the best and big. Um, Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. And then some analysis there for me. I think that the iPad 9 will make the iPad 10 a tough sell. As long as it's available, it will sell more than the iPad 10 does. Yeah. I agree with that. The iPad Mini is, is a good product. I think if it was $100 less or $50 less, it'd be a better, better price because that's what that's 500. Um, the iPad Air 5, I think, makes the 11-inch iPad Pro a tough sell. And then the 12.9-inch iPad Pro is super expensive and should be way bigger. <laughs> Do you think the it, iPad Air is different enough from the iPad 10? Oh, man, not not for the price. Yeah. For the, that's a big price gap from 450 You get a laminated screen, which is nice. And you get, like, proper P3 camera gum and stuff. But you're not getting too much else. <laughs> yeah, there was a period where you the get first You get M1 iPad, chip, but again, M1 chip versus A14. For most it's the difference in stage manager or not. Yeah. Yeah. There was a period where the iPad Air uh what four seemed like it was it was like a better value than the iPad Pro eleven inch was. I, this new iPad the iPad Air now just seems like iPad Pro Lite. You know, it two hundred dollars difference, but you still get a like it's still like think better than you need for like general tablet use consumption like media consumption and everything. So yeah. I just feel like, and I don't know which one to count. I just feel like there's one too many iPads. Well, I, I think the 11-inch Pro is what you'd cut to have more more of a gap. Because, if you know, long-term, the 329 iPad 9 will go away. And this this 450 iPad maybe will either, well, hopefully they'll, just bring, they'll bring it down in price eventually. Um, or maybe if they, they drop just... the 11-inch iPad Pro and just yeah. gave the iPad Air promotion, even if they made it like $100 more expensive, I feel like that would smooth the line out a lot more. Yeah. I don't, like What we have today, this lineup for like the next year or so, I don't think it's the lineup goal. Like they yeah. weren't like, now we've got it, figure it out. Because there's a whole lot of decision-making and, and price differences. So, uh, And then like name-wise, I kind of view it as like iPad SE, like classic. iPad Air <laughs> is what I'd call the 451. Because it is like it's there are very minimal spec like uh, dimensional differences and like weight and and, and screen and uh, screen size the same but like outward dimensions. Uh, iPad Mini, I think the iPad Air would be like you said if you call if you give it the uh, 
promotion. It's called iPad Pro. And then um, the big one, like eliminate the 11 inch and then call the big one. I mean, this is the bigger iPad Pro or you could call it iPad Pro Max. But like this, this, this isn't like the end game for iPad lineup. <laughs> this is the beginning of the next transition, I think, to a simpler lineup over time. Um, but 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 also we'll get to Apple TV in a moment. But also, I, I'm not like I guess if you consider the iPhone lineup, like what's the full lineup there right now? It's it's SE, and then did they sell they sell a twelve? Oh, they sell loads of old phones. Yeah, yeah. And there's a twelve proper. There's a thirteen proper. Then there's the fourteen proper, fourteen plus, fourteen max. Yeah, so. It's not it's not too dissimilar from the iPhone lineup, which is like that they're they're perfectly happy with the way that's going. Um, so maybe maybe this is what we get for a while. <laughs> it, I guess the difference why it feels different is the phones they just like subtract the year, so like they, they just yeah. go down the generations. Whereas the iPad, they're always introducing new ones in the different spots, and they never quite fill the jigsaw properly. It feels like. I, I guess maybe wouldn't be surprised if there's not an iPad Air six. Like, where do you take the iPad Air 5 that isn't really undercutting the iPad 11-inch Pro again? You know, it's, it's yeah. It's, what happens over the next year will be interesting, I guess, there. But I guess maybe I'm not expecting a new iPad Air anytime soon, as I would have before, I suppose. Uh, Apple TV 4K. Um I mean, the name is Apple TV 4K third generation. It goes by two different names now, Apple TV 4K with Wi-Fi and Apple TV 4K with Wi-Fi plus Ethernet, which is <laughs> kind of... name. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Apple Watch uh, Series 8 uh, GPS or Apple Watch Series 8 GPS plus cellular. Uh, and in my mind, it's the Apple TV 4K 3 because it's the third Apple TV 4K that we've gotten. Over the- why Why do they give, make it a separate like name, Wi-Fi plus Ethernet? Like... The Mac Mini, you just like build to order it. If you want a 10 yeah. gigabit Ethernet, you just add it in. It's not called the Mac Mini with 10 gigabit Ethernet. But for the Apple TV, like we've got Apple TV 4K Wi-Fi and Apple TV 4K Wi-Fi Plus Ethernet, which isn't even fully accurate because it also includes Thread. So it should really be like yeah. Apple TV 4K Wi-Fi Plus Thread Plus Ethernet. But and and more storage and more storage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is the first time that the like since the Apple TV grew from the third generation to the t- to the taller box with an App Store and TVOS the first time that there's been a difference in, in the price that isn't just a storage that, mm-hmm. that's you know initially which i think was very confusing because it's just streaming has made more sense lately when they've added uh arcade as like you you do get games that take up space i've had to make decisions on like what what can stick around based on what you know the kids are playing but um in this case you, you finally have a difference in features not just uh storage and also 32 gigabytes of storage has now gone away you now begin at 64 gigabytes of storage, right? Which was the $200 model before? Yeah, because the pricing has changed such now. The Apple TV HD has gone as well. So, yeah. like 32 gig, because previously the lineup was 149 Apple TV HD 32 gigs, 179 Apple TV 4K 32 gigs, 199 so Apple bad. TV 4K 64 gigs. I mean, those prices are absolutely insane. <laughs> like, yeah. The 2015 Apple TV and until this week was still sold for 149 with 32 gigs of storage. Like, what? Yeah. What, what <laughs> universe was that right in? So now it's much better because it's, yeah. the, the HD is dead. You get 64 gigs of storage for 129, Wi-Fi only. And for the, the Wi-Fi plus Ethernet model gives you 128 gigs of storage for 149. So the Apple TV HD is old overpriced. 
now is now the most expensive model you can buy. Yeah, like going from 200 to 130 is pretty good, and you get the processor circuit that we'll talk about in a moment. Um, I know you feel like the 130 price is is still maybe not cheap enough. I feel like they should, uh, 99 just feels like the perfect place for this product. Yeah, the the thing I was thinking about this too. Like, if you compare it to streaming sticks that you can get for like um, 50 cents now, <laughs> th- then. Uh, it's always going to be expensive, but if you look at it compared to like the Apple TV two and three, when those were just streaming boxes without hard drives and storage and um, an operating system that ran apps like, you know, from the app store and expected to be performed that way, then for a hundred dollars in 2010 and 2011 money to be 130 in 2022, I kind of feel like this is like, this is the, uh, 2022 equivalent of a hundred dollars it's just inflation rise yeah yeah like, yeah the, the 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 last week lineup pricing was outrageous yeah this is okay i wouldn't call yeah. it great it's okay like it's um, still because a, it's still my because my position on this is like if you're the consumer walking into a store yeah the going from 179 to 129 when you can buy the roku stick <laughs> or the firebox for 40 dollars, 50 dollars, or maybe even less the calculus hasn't changed. Like people that were going to buy the Amazon, the Roku stuff are still going to buy the Amazon, the Roku stuff. The only people that I feel like the price drop benefits is the people that are already buying the Apple TV and choosing it. So like I bought the new model. I'm happy. I don't have to pay as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, but I don't feel like in the, in the marketplace competitively, it's cheap enough to make a difference. And if I was doing this, I, I would have maybe considered keeping like a 32 gig storage model around to get the price even lower. Cause like, the th- going from 32 to 64 on an apple tv is not the most influential thing in the world like what do you really use the storage for the only option these days is, is apple arcade games and most people aren't using apple arcade they, they want the box for streaming video and you could easily have a 32 gigabyte device and be and be happy with it so well it's also for screensavers but yeah i, I think I, th- I think that they didn't do that because they would never sell the 130 dollar one and then they you know that wouldn't need to exist, I guess. And this but they is just they sold want. a 64 gig model for the last four years at $20 more. Yeah, I know. Um, it's because 4K actually does matter over HD. And remember, HD was like a retcon name for the Apple TV. It was only when they had 4K when they called it HD. Mm-hmm. And now there's like actually no need for 4K because they're all 4K. And this is just the Apple TV. So yeah, I am happy <laughs> that the prices have come down a lot. Uh, but I still think they could push it bit further because i feel yeah. like it's the direct equivalent of the homepod mini if you can get a homepod mini for 99 dollars, why can you not get an apple tv for 99 dollars? because the homepod mini is like an independent product right you can literally just set it on your table and it does it has a speaker in it and you can talk to it and thingy. the apple tv you still need an actual tv to connect to so there's an argument that it should be cheaper than the homepod mini in a way if you know what i mean but like the same if it was the same price i feel like it'd be competitive but still slightly too expensive slightly it- Apple TV does a lot of things with visuals that the HomePod can't do. So but only if you think, connect another screen to it, you know? What you, you can't do the Apple TV. It doesn't do anything unless you put it to a TV. That's the what HomePod, I mean, though. The HomePod mini is an independent device. I think that it makes sense for the Apple TV to cost $30 more than the HomePod because the HomePod's a speaker and the Apple TV doesn't have a speaker. But you do. it is pretty common to have a TV with a speaker built in or a sound system or something. Uh, and I think that a video device versus an audio device that also, I think that that's it feels more expensive. Little, yeah. Uh, another thing though is with this new lineup though is is 
I think that the fifteen and forty dollar you know sticks. I don't. I mean, they're 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 super useful to take uh, dumb TVs or like basic smart TVs and add modern apps to them or like give features like voice control, etc. But as time goes on, like shouldn't the stick market just go away because all TVs have these things built in and like it's it's just part of the TV experience, just like having apps at one point was like this stuff gets, gets baked into the TV. And then you're looking at not competing with sticks. You're looking at just competing with other better than what's built in boxes. Yeah. And the big draw for me of the Apple TV 4k compared to using the built in apps is just the performance of the Apple TV beats the integrated apps by a mile. Like, yeah. I've used sticks too, and plenty of people have the sticks and they're happy with them, but I find the Apple TV OS is nicer to use, it's, it's more fluid to scroll around, and launching the apps and loading the video content is way faster than the Roku stick that's $39. It's just, and there's yeah. less ads. Because yeah, or, or, or any built-in... Like any or any built-in apps, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the built-in yeah. app. The built-in apps are slow and they don't get updates, whereas like you you get a you, you get a stick you're definitely getting the newer versions of the apps and in the yeah. case of the apple tv it's very fast so the, the apps launch and they feel responsive and like you yeah. get a lot of ram in the apple tv now so you can come back to the app days later and it's still there it doesn't have to load at all like it's a really that's why i like paying the premium for the apple tv mainly for that and if you care about um codex this is this this difference is uh diminished because the sticks have added like w vision support and things to support but the other the other bonus of getting the apple tv over those sticks used to be the fact that it was the one that supported all the high-end codecs atmos w vision and now they've even gone further with adding hdr 10 plus as well so they've, is, they've is that a hardware or software change well it's is a it... hardware feature in the fact that it's exclusive to the new box okay i wasn't sure if it was hdr 10 was also just in tvos 16 there was so during the beta period there were some release notes that said HDR10 Plus was part of TVOS 16, but then it never shipped, and now it's oh, okay. advertised as a feature of the Apple TV 4K third generation. Super clear. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it might be that the second generation Apple TV 4K could have done HDR10 Plus, but they never enabled it. Uh, maybe there was a slight hardware change needed here too. Who knows? Uh, but the, the the reality is, if you want HDR10 Plus, you've got to buy a new box. Yeah. The Apple TV, as it's as it's priced now, I think is super competitive. If you're like, it, it's it's both performant and priced competitively to consoles. So, like, if you use a gaming console, then you're gonna have very great performance for the apps that are built in, and you're gonna have a really good experience too with controlling the interface because you're you've got a whole game controller with voice features, just like you would have the Apple TV with like its own controller. The remote is nicer than the game controller. The Apple remote is nicer than the game controller. I don't opinion, know. Too. I mean. If you're, but if you're a gamer, I don't think you'd say so. I think if you're a gamer, then you're like, you're using the controller that you use most of the time anyway. Yeah, but and if you're watching, like, if you're watching TV, and it's better the for Apple gaming. remote is so much nicer in that you can just like swipe around with your finger. You don't have to use a joystick. If you want to like zoom forward through a show, you can just like swipe, 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 swipe. Like, that's the experiential difference that I value at least. Yeah, the gaming controller on consoles though better for gaming, and the Apple TV not a gaming game. service on on it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um. The, 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 I guess the, the we talked about the difference in Ethernet and Thread. What's the importance of Thread in, in, in something that is, I don't know, Home Hub or part of your HomeKit so, setup? Access, smart home accessories, traditionally Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, right? More recently, Thread has shown up, which is longer range, can better support mesh networking. So 
multiple thread devices in your home can kind of relay off each other. And the Matter standard is... It works with Bluetooth and Ethernet. Um, sorry, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Uh, but they're kind of pushing Thread as like the new default. So maybe in the future, there'll be accessories that only use Thread for the networking aspect. Most of them still support Bluetooth just for like the pairing, but the actual like communication of the smart home you know, actions goes over the Thread network. Thread is just like Bluetooth, but lo- lower power and longer range, if that's how you want to think about it. Like it's nothing sure. like magical. It's just a s- yeah. different... It's just a, you got you got Wi-Fi, you got Bluetooth, now you've got Thread as well. It's and Bluetooth if you plus, want to yeah. interface Thread accessories that only speak on the Thread uh, like antennae to a HomeKit system, you're going to need a apple thing that has a thread radio in it which is homepod mini homepod mini or the apple tv but (laughs) apple tv 4k second generation had it the apple tv hd didn't um but now the apple tv 4k third gen only has it if you get the wi-fi plus ethernet model so it's not apple tv 4k either because it third wasn't there then it's apple tv 4k 2 and any storage size and it's apple tv 4k 3 in the top storage size and i will say for 30 dollars more like if you if you do care about thread and you do care about ethernet connection that's not a bad yeah it's 20 dollars more yeah 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 so yeah 30 dollars more and you get double storage like that surprised me i i mean given apple's extreme pricing on apple tv stuff they could have had both models just be 64 gigs of storage and still made you charge 20 dollars extra to get ethernet and thread like yeah the fact you yeah. get twice the storage as well now now what are you going to use with 128 gigs of storage on apple tv i don't really know unless you're going to fill it up with arcade games that's the only thing i can think of that actually uses a lot of space because you can't like cache movies locally or do anything like that all the apps are tiny the only thing that takes up space is if you're downloading arcade games because they're like two or three gigs each right. but again yeah. You can download like twenty games and then just delete them and re-download them later. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. A I've huge always deal. had thirty-two gigabyte boxes, and if you turn on the automatic like like space saver mode where it offloads the apps for you when it needs the space, you get a lot of that. Even on small apps, like it'll it'll decide, okay, you ran out of space for this game. Let's take out this, you know, Netflix and Hulu and YouTube because you haven't used them recently. <laughs> not because they're huge. Like it's not a very smart system. So. But 64 gigabytes would probably solve that. At any rate, like I, I see why they, I, I think it's a good for consumers that they have an e, like the option without Ethernet. You know, this is the Ming Chi Kuo thing about like bringing down the cost structure and make, to make a cheaper one. Well, they yeah. removed the Ethernet port. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that's super reasonable. There was even the Apple TV 4K version, I think, had a faster Wi Fi connection than an Ethernet connection. So mm, the Apple TV HD was like that. The 4K always had gigabit. Okay, so yeah. Apple TV, it's, but but it's like okay, there's precedent for Wi-Fi to be even more performant than Ethernet on the Apple TV. TV yeah, because how many people do you think actually use the Ethernet port on the Apple TV? I do, but I'm weird. Like, it, I mean, it, I think if if your Apple TV, if your router <laughs> is by your entertainment system, go for it. If not, people don't do it. Yeah, I like yeah. having Ethernet as an if if Ethernet if removing Ethernet was the thing that made it twenty dollars cheaper. I'm no problem with them doing that to separate it like that yeah. like i said i think they should have made an even cheaper model that was even more stripped down like half the storage etc etc like but they they didn't do that but i still think it kind of, it would kind of be interesting if they did a if they did a model of the apple tv that didn't come with a remote or came mm. with an even simpler remote like the remote part is nice but it's not the most like essential part of the experience like they could do a very simple 
Bluetooth remote. It doesn't have to have a trackpad on it. It doesn't have anything fancy. If they could use that to get $99, I'd accept that too. Like, I think getting the price down should be like a top priority. So 64 gigs of storage, strike it out. You know, fancy your remote made of metal, get it rid of it. Just have a simpler plastic remote or something for the, well, base, the, for the, the base models. But The original Apple, well, not the original, that was plastic, but the second gen Apple TV remote, you know, it's metal, uh, has a little coin battery. Mm-hmm. Super great. Like that one, I, I have that one as the replacement remote for the broken um original siri remote and for, for the kids tv and it's it's like it's great like, they still sell it by the way on the apple store yeah yeah yep. i think it's what is it 19 dollars. 19 dollars. yeah 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 i think your idea of an even cheaper box with a simpler remote i think that that's, that's a pretty compelling product especially for like you know like i i i care about the specs and everything and like the new new stuff um for the main like tv and mm-hmm. then for the other tvs it's like you know not as important and so you you could say like you want the the 151 for your and you don't need like multiple thread stuff anyway like you if you just want the one thing so yeah yeah i mean as a lineup though i think this i mean this was absolutely just way better than than what was there last week oh 100 percent, yeah <laughs> since the i mean since the apple tv hd like that was that was fine as a new thing but Especially because they still sold the other one for seven for seventy dollars then, but uh, yeah, and and then the um, the the chip situation. So it's an A fifteen, which is from the iPhone thirteen and thirteen Pro and fourteen base model. So like it's pretty much the current chip without going to A sixteen. Yeah, and which is surprising. Year, it's a year over year jump from A twelve, which. Last year, you told me that A12 was perfectly reasonable for what you need from the Apple TV. I kind of felt like it was old. I mean, because Apple TVs don't get updated often, but they did a year-over-year update. Yeah, maybe they knew that was going to be an update in just one year. Yeah, they did a year-over-year update. It's just so much better. Uh, like, last year's update was like, let's fix the remote. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, I mean, they literally started selling the Apple TV HD with the new remote because that was the, the goal there. Um so, so this one with an A with an A fifteen, it does feel like to me this is the Apple TV that they they plan to sell for the next like three four years without I agree. changing anything. I agree. Yeah. Combined with the USB C port on the remote, yeah, yeah, the USB C port on the remote. So this, the, awesome, great, happy to see that. Wonderful. I don't actually care about the port on the remote so much as like you know things that you charge every day because the remote maybe charge like every few months at most. But it it is important to if you're doing the transition, get it out of the way. Uh, it it does irk me some that the TV remote again. I mean, I know they're going to sell this for the next like three or four years without changing it. But it does irk me some that it came the next month after AirPods Pro got a new new case and everything, but it still has lightning on the port. And we know we just know it's going to change to USB C like next year. Mm-hmm. And and of course, I understand the iPhone because it's like just it's way bigger of a change. It's strategy. It's um, prepping, you know, way ahead. It's a high volume product. Yeah, the- even Apple sourcing enough USB C ports to make in iPhone volume is a challenge, right? Yeah. Like, there's a, the, the iPhone's such a behemoth. Everything has to take longer. It just, it's just just yeah. a reality. They can change the port on a serial on a serial match wherever they want because it's so low volume. Yeah, yeah. So I think the I mean the iPads the iPad has just been a catch up game really. Like since the iPad pro had USB C. Like wasn't it the first one was twenty eighteen? 
it's just been bringing it throughout the rest of the line. The Mac started it in 2015 with the with the 12 inch. Uh, but this feels like the beginning of the the USB C revolution, where it's going to go to all of Apple products. You know, the keyboards, the mice, the trackpads, etc. Yeah, because the old C remote had lightning because the iPhone port was lightning, right? And it was super thin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the, the first the first C remote, the yeah. first one, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was clearly the same reason why AirPods have lightning because it matches the iPhone port, and they've just brought out the Apple TV a little early. But now it has USB-C. Obviously, the iPhone 15 is going to start transitioning to USB-C as well. No complaints there. Uh, it, it, it now, it's now fanless, because, which, which is, again, because the 4K, I guess the HD 4K and 4K2 were not fanless. That was, those were taller. Um, and this I is think the, what, H, the HD was fanless because it had such a bad chip in it because it's just the A8. The, it, it when they switched taller, to the 4K yeah, one, yeah. it became that fat thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sounds right. Uh, at any rate, the HD and 4K, 4K2, those were all taller. This is a shorter and I think like slightly narrower box in total. Um, my, my joke here is that they can't, they've gone from Intel to, to Apple Silicon, and so now they can go fanless. Of course, they never use it Intel. Johnny Ive uh, designed this Apple TV 4K. You want to need to make it thin and light. Before he left, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is Love From's first work. <laughs> that, you know, my Apple TV is like attached to the back of my television, so you don't see it. So I don't care about the thinness and lightness of it. And the fan you never hear, so that's fine. Um, the fan, the fanless part of it is, is with a better chip. I mean, I think that's one aspect of it where we're like, we'll see how it goes. Because that, that could be a downside where it's like you, you've got better performance in general, but, you know, it gets hotter, laggy or quicker. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Probably not an issue, though. Um, and then the top of the box as uh, Apple TV has always had Apple logo TV on it in some font that Apple's using for the week um from the very first one that was like mac mini sized the new one just has an apple logo which looks just like the airport express whenever the airport express took the shape of the apple tv 2 and 3 it was just white well now it, it you know you've got the little black box which do you know is it is it the size of the apple tv 2 and 3 in the airport express or is Ooh, it Ooh, i don't bigger? know the answer to that I don't know. yeah me neither we'll find out but. it's got to be close yeah Right, yeah. So it looks like a little black Airport Express, which is a very niche product anyway, but um, it doesn't have a TV in the cover. It just has the Apple on the top. And I, I ask you, like, what do you think this is about? Is this part of the like beginning of less confusion with what's an Apple TV box, Apple TV app, Apple TV plus service? Um, or is it just, I don't know, maybe it's just cheaper to not have TV on the top of it. It's one less thing to do. Well, I think it kind of matches the iPhone. Now, you're going to have to go back a few years because do you remember like the iPhone had Apple logo iPhone written on it and now they just have an Apple logo centered. Like they had iPhone written in text on the back of the iPhone. Yeah. So I feel like this kind of matches that now where it's just a lo- the Apple logo and no TV. But like you, you, there is a bit of a conspiracy theory idea in me that maybe they're planning a big rebrand and by taking the TV text off now, it gives them future proofing. So if in two years time, they're like, we're going to change Apple TV Plus to just Apple TV and we're going to name the box something different. Well, now they haven't, you know, written in plastic the wrong thing for the last two years. So they're ready to change if they want to. Because I do think the streaming service is more important to them than the boxes. So it should get the best name. It should not have the extra syllable of plus because apple tv plus is so wordy and as they keep adding more content as they keep integrating sports and everything else i feel like they should get that to a place of just being the root name of apple tv and then it may be apple tv sports apple tv originals that kind of thing apple tv store for the itunes store content and the apple tv box can get a different name and it already has a technically different name because it's apple tv 4k 
but they could call it like I don't know Apple Video Pod or some crazy. Do you know what I mean? They could change the name fully if they really wanted to, and by just taking the text off, it gives them that flexibility. That's the, the video conspiracy home. theory. It's the video HomePod. The yeah. video HomePod. Apple yeah. HomePod Video. There you go. Yeah. yeah. To draw TV. off the iPod Classic, that kind of name. HomePod TV. Yeah. HomePod TV. Yeah. And then HDR10 Plus. Just quickly, it only matters if you've got a modern Samsung TV, because HDR10 Plus was adopted by Samsung because W Vision. Uh, which is like the better than normal HDR because normal HDR has like a video profile for the entire show. Dolby Vision has a different HDR profile for every scene. So if you're in darkness, you can go really, really dark. If you're in lightness, you can go really, really bright. Obviously, if you've got one profile for the whole video, you have to be like a lot less um, adventurous in the profile because it has to look good for every single scene in the film. But by Dolby Vision being scene by scene, you can really extract the blacks and the lightness depending on what you're actually looking at. HDR10 Plus is per profile, but it's not doesn't carry Dolby licensing fees. So basically, it's cheaper for Samsung to do. So all of their TVs for the last five years, their top end like OLED and stuff, they all sport HDR10 Plus. Mostly, all the other brands like uh, Sony and stuff, they all use Dolby Vision. But if you have a high end Samsung TV, even this year's generation, uh, they don't have Dolby Vision. They have HDR10 Plus. So if you now get the new Apple TV, you'll get the best video quality. If you have a a high-end Samsung set, which is nice. It's it's kind of like reminds me of the YouTube codec war. You know, for a while, VP9 and Apple wouldn't yeah. support it, so they never got 4K on the YouTube app. But then Apple finally caved and like, okay, we'll do VP9 and decoding. So now you do get 4K on YouTube. It feels kind of like that. They're like, okay, we'll just let you do HDR10 Plus on the Apple TV. It does depend on what content will actually be streaming HDR10 Plus. Like, I'm hoping that all of the Apple TV Plus content will be streamed from the iTunes Store servers in hdr 10 plus now as well as w vision but i haven't seen confirmation of that i um they might also do it for itunes store content who knows and i don't know what third party services stream hdr 10 plus either but all i really care about is the tv plus side and i hope that the release of this box means they're going to stream everything in hdr 10 plus as well as w vision but we'll have to wait for the box to come out to know for sure on that sure uh, a few odds and ends on, on the tv plus or <laughs> the tv box side the doesn't include the cable anymore. These just include the lightning USB C to lightning cable for the for their remote to charge. Now they don't include the cable because it's USB C to USB C, and they assume people have those, I suppose. Unless you're in Brazil, you get their cable in Brazil because they sue Apple whenever they don't include a cable. So <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, and then on the iPads that we talked, talked about before, they they now have a braided uh, USB C cable that comes in the box. So we're seeing more braided proliferate throughout Apple's, and, and you can buy it separately, I believe, too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. And, and and you can order this now, and it arrives next month, like November the fourth, which isn't so far away, but it's further out than the iPads are, which were the twenty sixth. So, um, from Apple dot com, you cannot buy an Apple TV right now. You need to go to other retailers. Maybe the Apple Store has stock in, in there, but you, you also you can order the four K. It just doesn't arrive. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Finally, this week, we are sponsored by Pillow. More and more studies are showing that getting a good night's sleep improves your health and well-being in more ways than you can imagine. Pillow is an all-in-one sleep tracking app to help you be more aware of your sleep patterns and discover what might be affecting your sleep quality. Pillow tracks and analyzes your sleep automatically, and you can check in with a full report of your sleep the very next morning. If you have an Apple Watch, tracking your sleep is as easy as wearing it to bed. If you don't, you can do it through the iPhone or iPad app. Just tap a button to start your sleep session. You can even record sounds of the night like sleep talking, apnea, or other noises that might be affecting how you sleep. Now, Zach, I know you've been enjoying Pillow on your new Apple Watch Ultra, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a paid Pillow Premium customer anyway, so I want the most data from Pillow. But the I've, I've always had the best experience with having like a day watch, night watch, like an old Apple Watch for sleep tracking. Um, in this case, the Apple Watch Ultra Battery Life is so good that um, I'll I'll charge up at night for like a few minutes to get up to a hundred percent, and then I'll I'll like I'm I'm using one watch to do all of it, and I have like no battery life concerns. Um, my, my routine really has been mostly that like. Uh, in the morning between 8 and 8.45, I, I go back up to 100% while charging. And that's like my first hour of work. So I'm not doing very much. And then right before bed, I'll just top it off again. And that's working great. Uh, and then you, I, I even have like a, if you do use sleep, the sleep focus, then you can automate your watch face changing to, you know, your sleep watch face. And then you can you can use that one if you want to like put the complication for, for pillow on there and see your sleep data that at a glance. So I'm really liking the the ultra for sleep tracking specifically with Pillow. Pillow is privacy-minded. All of your sleep and audio data is encrypted and stored on your device. And when you're using iCloud, it's using end-to-end encryption. Pillow is free to download from the App Store with a set of features that you can use for free every day. And you can try Pillow's premium features with a seven-day free trial. Just visit pillow.app to get started. That's pillow.app to get started. Thanks to Pillow for sponsoring the show. What what are you buying? You buying a new TV? New Apple oh, I TV? bought the new iPad. I bought the new iPad Pro. I just love the iPad. I've got loads of them now. <laughs> I didn't. I do want to buy an iPad again at some point, but I'm still like so conflicted because I do like promotion, but I don't want to spend a thousand dollars to get an iPad Pro. You know, like so. I and stage manager sucks, so it's like yeah, I'm not not feeling it because for a while, like in June when they first announced that stage manager was going to be new iPad exclusive, I was like. Ooh, maybe I should get one of them because I really want to try it out and like maybe I'll use my windowing. But as we know, the multi windowing experience is kind of rubbish. <laughs> so the the appeal and the allure has definitely dissipated. Now that um, they've brought Stage Manager to the older iPads, I've considered getting one of them, maybe refurbed. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm still moving. I've still got other stuff to buy. We'll see. But the the new iPad Pro certainly doesn't appear at that price point. I mean, with dollar to UK conversion, like the price is even crazier, um, more expensive. So we'll see, but I haven't ordered any iPads. I have ordered the new Apple TV 4K, which again, thanks to um, dollar to pound price conversion, for me, costs exactly the same as the Apple TV 4K did because <laughs> the $149 price point is £169, which is what the Apple TV 4K cost last year too. Uh, I've moved house. I'm about to buy a fancy OLED TV. I need an Apple TV for it. I'm, I've been waiting. If they, I was really, I was really hoping the rumors would align so that it would come out right as I got the new TV. I didn't want to have to buy last year's Apple TV for version when I knew there was going to be a new version soon. And here it is, landed on my lap. It's higher spec than I even thought it would be because I was expecting. Because Mark Gurman kept saying it's going to be A14, and I wasn't expecting the storage increase. So getting an A15 chip with 120 gigs of storage for 149. I'm happy at least. I've ordered it. Should be coming on the fourth of November. Is it? Is it the? Yes, yeah, the fourth of November. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be there for you. Uh, and and also, we'll say also. Minky Quo has said he thought it would be cheaper, and he thinks that it'll still be a cheaper Apple TV to come. Like, so, y- your whole idea of what they could do is is what he predicts will happen i suppose i mean drop the remote they could sell the box they could almost just sell the box with no remote at all and just tell you to use the iphone app you know 
Uh, I didn't order anything from this one because uh, I've got the Apple TV 4K from last year, and then I've got the Apple TV 4K from the previous version in the other bedroom. So we're we're, we're all 4K'd out here. Yeah, I would say as as good as the update to the Apple TV 4K is, the main difference is just the price getting cheaper. So if you have yeah. the previous gen or even the original, there's not anything to really rush to upgrade to. Yeah, so I'm I'm covered with thread from the HomePod to the Apple TV, HomePod Mini, the Apple TV, 4K and maybe big HomePods at some point, like new big HomePods at some point too. Yeah. Yeah, because that you know, I don't think that's on the radar for this year. It seems. Yeah, not this year, but I mean, like twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same same thing for MacBooks. We didn't get MacBook Pros this week yet. Uh, I think Mark had a mention in his newsletter on Saturday that it could be a November thing, which seems true based on how this week's gone. Um, so, so no order here for me. You got the Apple TV four K. That's awesome. Ventura is coming out on uh, Monday, right? The twenty fourth. Yeah, the twenty fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So is iOS sixteen point one, iPad OS sixteen point one, TV OS sixteen point one, Watch OS nine point one. They're all coming on on Monday. And, and the uh, iPhone sixteen point one brings iCloud shared photo library, which would be really yeah. nice because I've been waiting for that. It brings live activities. So if you want to do a bit more with your dynamic island on the iPhone fourteen Pro, you better do that. The, the matter support is finally official in 16.1 uh, and the battery charging icon the battery percentage icon comes to iphone 10 iphone 11 iphone 12 mini and iphone 13 mini as i said i expected them to do in a later beta if i was 16 but it ended up being 16.1 yeah uh, don't don't think that the low power mode for apple watch ultra workouts is coming yet but there's more references of that uh, at least in the code and I would be highly disappointed if this release comes out and there's not more references in the code to Apple Music Classical because, yeah. Yeah, Apple and Music it, Classical and Freeform. Apple has two apps to come out still this year, yeah. supposedly. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. they're running out of months to do it in. <laughs> yeah. And half of uh, ha- ha- half of Stage Manager. Yeah, the, um, the super low power mode for yeah. um, Apple Watch Ultra will be WatchOS 9.2, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And that will probably go into beta uh, on the 26th, do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. Next week, yeah. one comes out on Monday and the beta will still be out on Wednesday. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then lastly, there's some... <laughs> the biggest updates... We have seen now the, what's new in TVOS 16, and it's in 16.1, right? I believe, maybe. It's it's uh, Siri, Siri's user interface, which has been changed. What's different with Siri and TVOS 16.1? They have made it more like the iphone so it's like a little card design so the little like siri orb appears in the corner because right now it's like a full screen thing which takes over your content and it kind of gets in the way and to be fair there were some really nice animations that now have been removed like weather had some really cool full screen looks like it almost looked like a weather app because it took over the full screen it had really cool animations now it's like what you see on the iphone you just get that like gray card with the weather image and text in it but it does make more sense i think going overall and not only is the UI updated, they've also given it some more functionality. So if you use AirPods with Apple TV, you can do Hello Siri on the AirPods and it will actually use the Siri on the TV, which is nice. Uh, and it will support multiple users. So using one Siri remote, different users in the home can ask for TV recommendations. They can ask to see their queue and it will, just like a HomePod works, it will detect who's who. And by voice. Yeah. By voice and uh, show them their tailored recommendations, which is nice. I don't know why they didn't do this in TVS 16. I don't know why it worked with 16.1. They didn't even tease it. Because TVS 16 had almost nothing in it, right? So, like, they could have just previewed this but, feature I mean, coming later it in wasn't year, mentioned. They... Uh, it wasn't mentioned in the keynote. Yeah, very bizarre, but anyway. And they're also, also bringing yeah. series support to more countries, Chile, Finland, South Africa, Denmark, Luxembourg, and Singapore. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And no, I presume we'll I'm... talk more about Stage Manager next week because that's obviously the headline feature of iPad 6.1 and Mac OS Ventura. Uh, we've always spoken about on and off over the summer as it's got worse and better and worse again. <laughs> but it's for real next Monday. So we'll, we can give it a little... Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been a Ventura episode. user all summer, so I can speak to that at least. Yeah, and I'll be a brand new Ventura user on Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So all around, I think this was a very good implementation of press releases to to announce new products. Um, it felt as much like an event, but especially if you watch the video, uh, it felt like what most people experience an Apple event as, which is just that things come out, like you don't watch the keynote <laughs> or anything. Um, so only thing missing here, I, think, I, I suppose, was like hands-on time and, um, you know, Presumably, we'll see the reviews for for the new iPads and iPad accessories next week. Um, so that's the only thing missing so far, and that'll catch up next week. Uh, expect the same thing maybe come November for MacBook Pros, which will be even less of a story of newness than, than this and week was. Mac Pro. That is that is my big prediction. I reckon they're going to acknowledge the Mac Pro in some way. Yeah, it might not come too. out this year, but I think they're going to be like because they basically teased it to say it's coming out this year because they said it was coming in another day at the march event and they said they would complete the apple silicon transition within two years and that two years is up in november so i reckon they will announce the macbook pro m2 uh m2 pro m2 max sometime in november and at the very bottom of that press release it will also mention that they have an m2 you know uh apple silicon based mac pro coming in the first quarter of next year or something that, but that's my guess all right Pretty good, pretty good uh, week for not having an actual event yeah. uh, announced or anything. So pretty good. All right, that's the happy hour podcast for this week. If you enjoy the show, please give us a rating or a review. Follow in your podcast app. Subscribe in your podcast app. If you subscribe in the Apple Podcast app, you can uh, get ad free content. It's the whole episode without the ads. It's five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year. So pretty good deal there. Uh, as ever, we appreciate everyone who supports uh, our sponsors as well. That helps us a whole lot. If you have any feedback for the show, good or bad, email happyhour at 9to5mac.com. We read all of those. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ApolloZach. That's A-P-O-L-O-Z-A-C. Benjamin, you're on Twitter at? B-Z-A-M-A-O. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.